invited if you have visitors with us, we want you to feel comfortable.
Well, it's Christmas break. It's about two or three days before Christmas. So you're at that point where you're like, oh, I'm about to get some new toys. And you're really excited for them. And I'm just sitting in my room, and I, it's probably two or three in the morning. I'm really bored. I ain't no, I'm not doing nothing. Out of nowhere, someone, one of my friends that lives near me, her name will remain nameless, she calls me, and she's like, let's go down to the graveyard. And I was like, my grandma's not going to let me go out at two or three in the morning. And she says, we'll sneak out. And I was like, ho, ho, going to get a kiss tonight. I didn't get a kiss. I didn't get a kiss. She didn't even hold my hand. Anyway, so I call Logan up in my room, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm about to sneak out. You want to help me? And he's like, yeah. So we open up my window, and we get these belts, and we put them together like this. And I'm on the second floor. Grandma's downstairs. So we decide that we're going to put these things together like this, and they're real tight and strong, and throw them out the window. So we do that, and he's holding it, and I'm hanging off the side and going down slowly down the side of the building. And the whole time, I'm like, man, what if this thing breaks? What if, what if, what if Logan drops me? See, I was trusting that he wasn't going to drop me. I was trusting that those belts weren't going to break. Sometimes it's easy to trust people, isn't it? We've all trusted people before. Sometimes it's hard. If I were to stand right here and have somebody, one of my buddies, Ben, come up here, and I was going to have him just catch me as I fell back, I mean, I knew he could catch me. I know he could catch me, but I'm probably not going to do that. That's pretty scary. Sometimes we have trouble trusting people. In Matthew 26, verse 39, it says, And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as your will. See, Jesus trusted that the Lord was going to do what he knew what was right. But Jesus was worried. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross and die for us. But see, he trusted him. We all trust people. See, real trust is one that you believe the person holding you with these belts is going to succeed. The person catching you when you fall off is going to succeed. That's what trust is. Trust is when you believe the person catching you or holding you will succeed. So Jesus knew that God was going to succeed. But sometimes we don't really believe that. Sometimes we have trouble believing that God is going to succeed. Why is that? I have trouble trusting the doctors that are taking care of my grandma right now. I mean, I know they're smart doctors. I know that they're, they're, they're making her feel better because she told me she was feeling better. But I still, I'm having trouble believing that they're going to succeed in making her get, just get rid of this pneumonia she has. Why, why, do we, why do we not trust the Lord who created everything? The Lord that created me and you. The Lord that created the cells in my body. The sensors that when I go like that, it makes me say, ow, that I know that hurts. Just like that, I know that. He made the ocean, everything that's inside of it. Why do we not trust that? He can't fail. He's done everything. Why do we not trust that he, he cannot succeed? I got this off the internet. I'm not sure who wrote it, but this is what true success is to me. It says, a successful man is one who lays down a firm foundation with the bricks that others have thrown at him. So to have true success, to believe that those people are to succeed, the true success that they have is when they can make bricks out of everything bad that comes in their life. They can make a foundation out of something bad. And God can do that. God made us and pieced us together out of dust, out of dirt. 
Dirt is not, I mean, I'm not going to go out and eat dirt. It's not a high luxury thing. But he made something wonderful out of something that was nothing. So as I, as I close today, my question is, how do you not trust in the Lord, the one that made everything? How, he's not going to fail. Thank you. says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in uninhabitable salt land. But blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the sun and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now let's take a little bit of a closer look at this scripture we just read. Verses 5 and 6, it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, for they are like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. Let's think about that for just a moment. Well, the desert is barren with nothing but sand in that direction, that direction, that direction, and that direction. And with only about, I mean, let's see, a couple inches of water a year. And these are shrub plants. You need water. It is a necessary life source for you. And if you're a shrub plant in the desert with only a couple inches of water a year, you are not. They did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Now, what this shrub plant is like, what the seed that fell on the rocky ground is like, what the person who trusts in man was like, they're like someone who will hear the word of the Lord, trust in him for just a little while, and as soon as persecution comes, away right there. Now turn back, if you will, to Jeremiah. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. 
17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord, who is like a tree planted by water that brings out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now, I want you to picture in your mind's eye this big, gigantic tree. It's so big that if I were to hold out my arms as wide as I possibly could, I could not wrap my arms around that tree. You can see its roots go into the little creek that are right beside it. That, that tree's like, whenever a drought comes, it's going to be like, I don't care, let that drought come. My roots go into a stream, a life source. I'm not worrying. Now this tree, the one who trusts in the Lord is like, they're like the seed that fell on the good soil in the parable of the sower. And it says in Matthew 13, verse 8, other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now what does person who trusts in the Lord is like? They're like someone who will hear the word of the Lord, trust in him all the way, and uses what they know to teach others. question. What is trust? Now I'd like to add three words to that question. What is trust in the Lord? The answer to the question, what is trust in the Lord? It's found a couple pages back. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And it says in Matthew 6, verse 19, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The answer to the question, what is trust in the Lord? It is putting everything, not just your heart, not just your mind, but If you would please be turning your Bibles to 2 Samuel 22. 2 Samuel 22. How many of you have ever been in a swift moving river or creek? How fun is it whenever you're in the boat? Have you ever been canoeing with somebody like George Williams and have your canoe flip on you while you're in one of these rapids? Have you ever found yourself in a place that whenever you're out of the boat, you have to cling on to a rock for dear life? Have you ever been put in a position that you are about to go over a waterfall? Have you ever been put in a position that if you didn't hold on to the rock for dear life... If you didn't put everything you had into it, you were dead. That if you didn't trust in that rock not to move, you were gone. 
each summer the youth group goes to a place in Hardin County called Gator Rock. Many of you know where this place is. And we do this test called the man test. And while this test isn't exciting about as me telling you about me flipping in a canoe with George Williams and having to hold on to a rock for dear life would be, but it is very great about how it examines our spiritual life with God. The man test consists of you laying flat on your belly, not using your feet and using pure upper body strength to pull yourself to the top of the rocks. You have a rock on one side and a rock on the other. Pure upper body strength to the top and there's a small stream of water that is freezing cold, will take your breath away and is moving rapidly. Let's turn to 2 Samuel 22 and read verses 1 through 3. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hands of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. This man test and our walks with God each and every day. The man test might sound silly, But if you don't realize it, each day you wake up, you're faced with the man test. Each day you wake wake up and get out of bed, your man test begins. You have a decision to make. You can be like David, a man after God's own heart, 1 Samuel 13 verse 14. And you can decide to get as lowly as possible and call the Lord your rock. Or you can be not like David, and decide to do it on your own, to go by yourself. Because in this man test, the one that we do every year, I speak from experience on this, if you try to stand up and walk to the top of the rock, it's not a smart idea because your feet will be swept and you will bust some teeth. It's not fun. You have to get as low as possible and rely on the rock which the Lord is and has set before us because He is perfect. He is our perfect cornerstone, and Him we are to trust. How many of you have ever built a house? How many people have ever helped in the building of a house or helped in the building of a structure? How important is the cornerstone of that foundation? If it's just one little bit off, you're going to have problems down the road. If it's one-tenth off, you're going to have problems somewhere. I don't care if it's the next year Or ten years down the road, you will have problems. But Christ is our perfect cornerstone. And He is who we are supposed to build our trust and our faith off of. Ephesians 2 verse 20 reads, But built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the cornerstone. The church built off of the teachings which the people taught because they were with Christ. And not only that, and built off the teachings of them, but more importantly, off of Christ Himself. But there's something that's weird in history. What were the Jews? God's chosen people, were they not? And they rejected their cornerstone. They rejected the people, they were the person they were supposed to trust in. And what's even stranger is that the prophets told them that they were going to do it. The prophets said, 
The stone which the builders rejected has now became the chief cornerstone. Psalms 118 verse 22. And what happened to the Jews? They've been persecuted throughout history, have they not? Let's change that. Let's build our trust and get as lowly as possible and put everything into God we have. Because in Him, we find our strength. Do you notice what else David said right here in 2 Samuel 22? Because in this man test, it gets hard about halfway. You start to lose hope. It gets harder, it gets colder. You start to lose your strength, you get tired. It's mentally tough. Same with our spiritual life. And, if, and whenever you're in your spiritual battle with God each and every day, and you're fighting the world, and you just want to give up, you just want to give in. But something tells you to keep going. What is it? It's God. Did you hear what David said? He said, the Lord is my rock, and because He is my rock, He is my strength. Because He is my rock, He is my shield. Because He is my rock, He is my stronghold. And because He is my rock, He is my refuge. In Him, I find my strength. And whenever we realize that God will give us our strength, we can have the mindset that we should have that is laid before us in Psalms 27, verse 1. A Psalm of David, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When we're in this man test each and every day that we wake up, and we can't keep going, we have to remind ourselves, God is for me. We find out in Romans 8.31, the powerful, encouraging verse that says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If we have God on our side, we should be able to look at the world and say, bring it on. You're not, I'm not afraid of you. I have the person that created the universe, the stars that spoke the sun out of his mouth. All for his glory. That man that can do those things on my side. So why should I be afraid of you? Why should I give in to your ways? Because my ways are way better than your ways. When we trust in God, we have a strength and a peace of mind and a refuge like no other. What else did David say there? Important. Because whenever we trust in God, He holds the horn of our salvation. Whenever we trust in God and we get as low as possible and we're fighting till the point of death because a man went to the point of death for us. We are fighting and trusting in Him because whenever we trust in Him, He holds my salvation. He gives me an eternal life. But I have to trust in Him. In this man test, you've passed your struggles. And you're at the top. And you can finally put your arms around both rocks and kind of hold yourself. And you know you've got it made. You know you're right with the Lord. And you know you're there. And to know that, you have to know why Jesus even came to this world. Why did He come? Luke 19 verse 10 tells us that He came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus Christ Himself came to this world to save us. Because before we started this man test, before we decided to give everything to God and fully trust in Him, we were nothing. 
We were those that were out in the street corners. We were those that were doing the wrong things because we didn't know the difference. But then we knew. And now we trust in Him. And now we find our strength and our salvation in Him. And once we know we have our salvation in Him, we can also believe what is said in John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. When we trust in the Lord, we know that there's a mansion in heaven with our name above the door. Mr. whatever your name is. Miss your name. How encouraging is that to know that there's a street of gold and a mansion on it with your name in it because you trusted in God while you were on this earth. That you overcome the freezing cold, powerful moving ways of this world for something that was greater, for something that was stronger, and something that was eternal. I want to leave you with this verse in 1 Kings 2. 1 Kings 2, 1 and 2. If you don't remember anything, this is what I want you to remember in this lesson. It says, Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. King David. Picture this in your head. David laying on his deathbed, standing there, sitting there, laying there. Looks at his son. He says, son, be strong. Don't give in. Keep your ground. Prove to me, prove to God, and prove to your people that you're a man. If you believe it or not, we've all got that calling. We've all been challenged with that. God's looked at us. God's seen us. And He's told us, it's time to prove yourself worthy. It's time to trust in me. And it's time to prove yourself a man. If you're starting your walk with God and you're ready to start your man test and you're ready to fulfill your will that God has for you and you want to be baptized into his, to the waters for the forgiveness of your sins or you're in the middle way of your man test and you're struggling and, need your, and you need our help and you need our prayers and you need the reassurance that God will uphold you. Or if you're at the top and you're ready and you know that you're right with God. Awesome. Whatever your need is, I ask you to come and prove yourself a man as we stand and as we sing.
like all of us, whenever situations don't go the way that we want it to, you know, sometimes we get angry and don't act the way that a Christian should. And she said that she's glad that she came here tonight, as we all are, and that we are encouraged. And she just needs our prayers. If John Glenn would come to the stage.
Heavenly Father, we're thankful for these young men that you have spoken tonight. And not only them, but we're thankful for our youth program. Anyone that was present here tonight could sense their love and concern for one another and for their classmates and friends of this community. And we pray that you be with our young people, that you would be with them and protect them so proud of them, we're proud of Dustin leading them and working with them along with many of our other members here at this church. We pray for their vocation, young brother, that they would have. We pray that you would help them find the vocation that will meet their needs. 